Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Right? That's how the old saying goes. But research has proven that that is dramatically wrong. The words that we hear, um, the words that we share with each other, and the tone that we leverage has a huge emotional impact on the individuals involved with the communication. And that's what I want to dive into this episode, the power of the words that we use and how we use them. Hey guys, today I want to talk about the words that we use and how we say them and the impact that that has on our communication. And this is something that means a lot to me, I'll tell you, because when I was a kid, when I was in middle school and I was really struggling from a school perspective due to some personal and some family issues, Right, a teacher stood me up in front of the class and he pointed at me and said, everybody look at Greg. He is the scum at the bottom of the bucket. Don't be like him. That really impacted me from a negative perspective and and caused a bit of a tailspin where I struggled in school for a long time after that. Eventually, we moved to a new school and there it was night and day. The teachers there looked for opportunities to highlight things I was doing well. They looked to make a big deal out of my small successes. Hey, Greg, that was a great article you wrote on this. Or, hey, really good job on that math test, right? And that slowly built my confidence up to where I started to believe in myself again and say, hey, I can be really good at school. I actually went on to graduate 10th in my class, and I got my bachelor's and my master's degrees, both with high honors, right? So the words that we say to each other have a huge impact on on how that other person feels about themselves and the actions that they take in the world. Muhammad Katani, a security engineer from Saudi Arabia, who won the 2015 Toastmasters International World, said something really beautiful. He said, words, when said and articulated in the right way, can change someone's mind. They can alter someone's belief. You have the power to bring someone from the slums of life and make a successful person out of them, or you can destroy someone's happiness using only your words. Right? Words are significantly powerful. And within the words we speak, there's a lot of emotional potency. And every word can have a lot of impact on the people that we're talking to, especially when they're coming from somebody in leadership. So we have to be careful how we use the words that we share and and what tone we're leveraging as we put those words out into the world. Research has found that accusatory statements, especially the kind that start with you, you know, you did this wrong, are a big factor that contribute to increasing rates of depression in the United States, especially among women. They've also found that negative words are harder for your listener to listen to, right? Their brain responds to them differently. It causes negative hormones and neurotransmitters to flood the body, while positive words stimulate the frontal lobes. So if you think about your brain, And if you think about using positive words, think about the door opening. It's expanding. There's more room for new ideas. But if you use negative words, the brain is getting a lot tighter. It's strengthening, and that door is tightly locked, right? You're not going to be able to motivate folks to try new things and be innovative when you're using negative language. Actually, if I put you in in an MRI scanner and flash the word no in front of you for less than one second, 
your body would fill up with all sorts of negative chemicals and, and neurotransmitters, right? Impairing your ability to think and reason and leverage logic. Our additional research was done that showed that in America, there's a lot more bad leaders than good leaders, right? About two out of five folks in the U.S. say that they have bad leaders. Only one in five, about 20%, say they have good leaders. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement in our culture. And what we see is that it has a big impact on productivity, on things like absenteeism and turnover, right? The good leaders have dramatically more effective employees from a numbers perspective than bad leaders do. So it really does have an impact on the bottom line. And the last piece of, of data I wanna share with you is, is actually around relationships. And for me, it's fascinating. So Dr. Gottman, who has done a tremendous amount of research on relationships, he's viewed thousands and thousands of hours of, of couples together and then link that to what actually happened in those relationships down the road. So did they break up or they divorced? And what he found is that the number one indicator above all else of a future breakup is contempt. Right? And contempt is all about the words we use and how we use them. It's sarcasm, it's name calling, it's mimicking and eye rolling. Amazingly, he showed that the tone of voice was a better predictor of marital success than the opinions of marriage counseling professionals. Right? So Tone tells us so much. It tells us the truth behind the words that we're saying, even if the words themselves are lying. But first, have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? I'll tell you, if you're a business owner, you absolutely should be. There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network, and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast. I don't know where to start, or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their done-for-you podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode, and they do everything else from end-to-end, end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media because I tell you it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the Done For You podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. And I wanna talk about one more really fascinating impact that comes out of the words we say, and that's the Pygmalion effect and the Golem effect. So these are two sides of the same coin, they're actually opposites of each other. So the Golem effect is the idea that when superiors tend to have negative expectations about the folks who work for them or say the students that they're teaching those students or employees tend to actually perform worse in the future right they live up to those expectations it's exactly what happened to me when I, that negative feedback was shared with me and then my scholastic performance went down the drain but the flip side of that is the pygmalion effect so that says that when your superiors have high expectations and they think positively of you you're likely to achieve more Right, so this is very malleable, and you can use this in the way that you lead others to drive positive impacts in their behaviors and outcomes. The original research was done 
by Rosenthal and Jacobson, uh, I think about 40 years ago. And they did an experiment in, in an elementary school where they had kids take an intelligence test. Then they went to the teachers and said, here's the 20% of students that performed really well on this test and have an unusual potential for intellectual growth. Now, the thing is, they made that list up, right? It had nothing to do with the actual performance on that test. So they did the beginning of the school year. End of the school year, they come back to check on the students. What they found is that 20% that they made up are outperforming the other students significantly, even though they really didn't have more of an aptitude than the other students on average. And that's because of the different way the teachers treated them and the different expectations that they had for them, right? This is powerful, powerful stuff. So now that we know the power of the words we say and how we say them, what can we do to, uh, number one, avoid the risks that come with this, but number two, and more importantly, take advantage of the power of this? And I think the first step is just being aware of it, right? Being aware of your own language, the words you're using with your subordinates, with your children, with your wife, and the tone that you're leveraging when you're sharing those words, right? Be mindful of the way that you're talking to others. The other point here is, from your broader culture perspective at your company, right? Be mindful of <clears throat> how your supervisors are treating their employees, how peers are treating each other, because this can spread like a cancer in your organization. One or two negative people can ruin an entire culture. I'm sure that you have seen that happen before, right? So you have to be aware of it and correct it where you see it happening. Something that helps me is to always assume that the person I'm talking to wants to do the best possible job that they can. Number one, it's most likely true. None of us want to be bad at our jobs or mess up or make mistakes. Um, and, and, and number two, it just it serves the purpose better, right? It gives me a greater likelihood of getting them to the right place. Dale Carnegie said that if you want to improve a person in a certain respect, act as though that particular trait were already one of their outstanding characteristics. Right, and for me, that means you have to have high and positive expectations of folks. If you want somebody to be a, a great salesperson, act as if they already are, right? If you want them to be more organized, treat them as if they already are more organized. And, and they'll live up to those expectations. It's really powerful and, and really fascinating. I'd also say that for me, the big thing is, is what serves you most, right? So when you think about how we react to people, right? Especially when folks come to us with things that might make us react negatively. We need to think about what serves our purpose most. That might feel good in the moment to be angry, but is that really gonna get us what we want? Or will it make sense to take a break, take a breath, and react in a different way to get the outcome that we want at the end of the day? Another tip is to celebrate more of what you wanna see in the workplace, right? Celebrate those small wins, celebrate any miniature step in the right direction. And again, expect those things from your employees and they're gonna to start to move in that direction. Continue to focus on that, continue celebrating the wins and try to avoid negative feedback um, as much as possible. That's not to say that we don't want constructive feedback, but we wanna avoid those you statements, right? We wanna be able to separate the action from the person hey, you know, we really need to correct this, but I really value you and what you bring to the organization and these five other great things that you did. And I want to see you correct this so you can get to that next step in your career, right? Value the person, but correct the action. And at the end of the day, if you're not getting what you want from an employee, try something new, right? If you've been giving them negative feedback and they're not getting what you want, try to just try this new positive expectation approach and see what happens. What do you have to lose? And then on the flip side, just don't take things so personally. 
Um, I certainly have a problem with this, right? My wife might have a long day at work, come home and be short with me. And I'm 100% sure it has something to do with me when it has nothing to do with me at all, right? The world does not revolve around me. And I find that that's the truth in a lot of conversations that I have and just about everybody has, right? So let me leave you with a quote to think about. Another quote from Dale Carnegie. He says, remember, we all crave appreciation and recognition and we will do almost anything to get it. Right. So remember that when you're communicating in the future with folks who report to you, provide them the recognition and appreciation that they long for and use that to help them move in the direction that you want to see them go. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.